fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You are darn right it is. Welcome into the program. It is The Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's a Monday. Starting off a new week, the first to full week for the month of December as we get closer to the wrap-up of 2022. We get closer to the holidays of Christmas and New Year's and everything else with the celebrations. I know you're itching for it. You're still running off the holidays from Thanksgiving, and you cannot wait to take some more time off for the holidays at the end of the year. We're going to keep you entertained. We're going to keep you moving through another day here and kicking off the new week, trying to bring all of that energy. Carpe diem all over this place, baby. Season the day like we do every single day. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally use that word appropriately. It's all right. Welcome into the show. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the place on radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. However you watch or listen to the program, your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every day. Welcome in. Thanks for hanging out. Great to have you along for the ride today. Martin Moyer, he is the president of the Christian Action Network. He'll join us in just a little bit at the bottom of the hour. He's going to talk some politics with us, talking about where the heck the red wave went for the midterm elections of 2022, what happens to the Republican Party moving forward, some of the agenda items, uh, family values and Christian values in the nation and more. We'll talk about all that with Martin coming up here in just a little bit. Obviously, today's a big day. We have the Arizona canvassing that we'll get to in just a second. We have the Georgia runoff election tomorrow. We have the Republican Party that's already beginning to cave, which is... I guess not unexpected, but yet still frustrating nonetheless. Yeah, oh, I'm telling you. Mitch McConnell, first opportunity he gets, man, to show how strong the Republican Party is by caving on certain legislation. So we'll get to all that and more on the program. Hopefully you had a wonderful weekend. Mine was good. I have some good news and bad news and interesting news. I don't know which one you want me to start off with. First of all, I'll give you the bad news because I like to get the bad news out of the way. So Saturday was a busy day. I was working around doing stuff in town. Uh, I was here most of the day in town. And then Mrs. Voice of Reason called me up and said, hey, we're going to go do Santa Claus pictures for the little one. So we get all dressed up or she gets all dressed up and take a little Voice of Reason off to see Santa Claus, get the photos taken so we can start making the family photos and start sending them out to family and friends, do the do the whole thing. We do that. We have fun in town. It's starting to get dark by the afternoon. We go out and have a quick bite of dinner and then go see some Christmas lights in town before we head home. By 8.30 or so, we start heading home, and we get on our road, which is just outside of Wichita, where we're based out of here with our flagship, and get on kind of our rural road. We're about 10 minutes away from home, and Mrs. Voice of Reason clips a deer. Thankfully, everybody's all right. The truck is okay. Everything's hunky-dory. Little Voice of Reason was in there with her, but they hit a deer. I was about a mile or two ahead of them, so I whip around, head back down uh, to where they're at, uh, parked on the side of the road. The deer was alive. Which is sad because, you know, it's still sitting there just in pain, obviously being hit by a vehicle, not able to move a whole lot. So if I had, which I, I, I didn't have it, if I would have had my firearm with me, we would have just put it out of its misery and then, you know, take the meat. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened here. But we, <laughs> but we didn't. The sad part is I got out. I parked behind her. I got out and the deer takes off. Boom. Off into the woods or the field or wherever. So... 
obviously it's probably going to die more than likely and i feel very bad horrible with how that happened we called the police because we let them know at that time that there was a live deer on the side of the road that we had been in an accident everything's okay everyone's okay but just to be aware that there's a live deer on the side of the road that's injured that you may need to come and put out of its misery and make sure that it doesn't try to get back onto the roadway all's fine we get back into our vehicles and start driving and my car starts smoking profusely out of the engine I don't know why she hits the deer and my car starts acting up, but that's the way the cookie crumbles, apparently, and that's what happened with ours. We get about halfway up. We can see the lights of our little town. We can see right where we need to be. We're no more than five minutes away, and it starts billowing black smoke out of the hood of my car. Pull over. It's almost about to overheat, and the hose from the radiator into the block of the engine just blew it ripped it tore whatever it did it just blew there's coolant all over under the hood all over the place which is where the smoke was coming from very strange indeed i have no clue how it happened i don't know why it happened and why she's the one that hits the deer and i gotta pay for it <laughs> nonetheless had to take the truck to work this morning uh, but i all is well i got a call actually right before we went on the air and my uh, auto mechanic guy, he's got it all fixed up. It's ready to go, so we'll have my vehicle back and at it tomorrow. But, man, what a weekend it was. That was the bad news. The good news is on Sunday we didn't end up doing a whole lot. We retired from traveling around and working a whole lot. And I have to give kudos. We don't do this very often. We usually don't praise Disney a whole lot, but I have to praise Disney Plus for just a second. Andy, why? How could you? We were watching Christmas movies, and Little Voice of Reason is into Home Alone big time. She loves Home Alone. Well, we watched Home Alone last weekend, the first one. So this weekend, we decided to watch the second Home Alone, which is the one where he goes to New York. That's also the one where Donald Trump would made a brief appearance in it when he walks into the hotel for the first time and asks for the lobby. And Donald Trump's there, and he's like, oh, yeah, go down the hall and to the left. It's this one line. It's like a five-second cameo, and then he's out of the picture. But after he became president of the United States, if you remember, many of the TV outlets that would run Home Alone 2 on the TV broadcast cut that clip out of the movie. Because they were so anti-Donald Trump, they did not want him in any movies in any way, shape, or form. So they cut out that little 15-second clip of Kevin uh, of, of the kid, Kevin, walking up to Donald Trump, asking where the lobby was, and then Donald Trump walking off into the distance. They cut that clip out. It was stupid why they did that, but they did. And I was curious, being Disney and how woke Disney is, if they cut that out of really the only streaming source that has rights to that movie and if they did it as well so we watched the movie and i gotta give disney plus kudos for this one for a second because they actually left that clip in the clip on disney plus in the movie so thank you for actually making it like normal and the original movie and not taking anything out or editing things like that so uh, i gotta give my little props to disney plus on that one because i was waiting for it and when it happened i said you know what all right all right, we're okay. We'll keep Disney Plus for another month. <laughs> yes, that was my deciding factor on that one. Anyways, that was my weekend. Hope everybody had a great one as well. I know, not as, as exciting as some individuals, but hey, it was still a crazy time nonetheless. And uh, uh, thank you for all the messages that I had seen throughout the last couple of days. Mrs. Voice of Reason had posted a picture of the vehicles and the story. And thank you for all the kind words and everybody uh, glad that we're okay. Everybody's fine. Everybody's okay. It was just a barely a little clip, almost kind of a, you know, caught the tail end of that deer and kind of spun them around and knocked the wind out of them, hopefully. It wasn't that serious for them. All right, we got a lot to talk about today. Let's get into what's trending first and foremost. What's trending today? And first off, we're going to move down to the state of Arizona. 
where today they've officially done the canvassing with the Secretary of State's office, Arizona uh, Arizona Secretary of State, and Katie Hobbs, who has been elected, uh, I use that in air quotes, governor-elect for the state of Arizona, also the Democrat and current Secretary of State. She was there heading up the canvassing to finalize all of the votes in the state. Now, with the outcries on why she didn't recuse herself from the counting of the ballots across the state and handling of the election because of how close the race was between her and the Republican candidate, uh, I'm I'm still baffled on why it did that. doesn't make any sense. It's almost like children taking the test in class and then grading their own papers because they're going to be the head of it. That doesn't make any sense to me. Now, according to Katie Hobbs, she said that every secretary of state has always counted the ballots, even if they are on the ballot. And even for whether it's whether it's for that race or for another seat, it doesn't matter that the secretary of states have always been part of the process, especially for the canvassing, because she says that they weren't the ones that technically counted the ballots in the state. I would think, though, if you had any type of integrity in your blood, that if you had a close race like that, that was less than a one percent difference between you and the Republican candidate, that we you would recuse yourself especially with all the shenanigans that happened in the state of Arizona. Here's the crazy part about this. is during the canvassing uh, ceremony that happened earlier today in Arizona, and Katie Hobbs making the statement as she did the canvassing, she made this statement. And I want you to ponder this as the the common sense-minded individual that you are on whether this makes sense and whether this throws up the red flag for you on whether the election was done appropriately in the state of Arizona or not. As you know, Maricopa County, a majoritively Republican county, uh, had a lot of issues with the machines and with the printing of the ballots and making sure things were dark enough for the scanning machines to count them and then everything going offline multiple times and whatever issues that they've had, that is the second or third election at least where they've had these problems back to back. The Secretary of State... It was then a hotly contested race for governor, who's there to finalize the canvassing for the state, said this statement, quote, Arizona had a successful election, but too often throughout the process, powerful voices proliferated misinformation that threatened to disfranchise voters. Democracy prevailed, but it's not out of the woods. 2024 will bring a host of challenges from the election denial community that we must prepare for. But for now, Arizonans to stand proud knowing Arizonans to stand proud knowing that this election was conducted with transparency, accuracy, and fairness in accordance with Arizona's election laws and procedures. Now, take that little nugget from Katie Hobbs, the Democrat Secretary of State and quote unquote governor elect from the state of Arizona, on how transparent things were how wonderful things were, and the only issues that happened in the state's electoral process and through Maricopa County and other places that had a two, what, a week, two-week-long counting process that had voting machines that were down on election day that had printing machines that weren't printing ballots dark enough to scan them because, well, we ran out of print, uh, we ran out of ink. In 80 different precincts, you ran out of ink? And you didn't prepare for that? You would think, hey, we got a big day. The election office is open once every two years, maybe once every year if there's a a big election coming up uh, for a local election or something. But let's say once every year, once every two years, maybe we should check the printer and make sure they have enough ink at all of the precincts. But the the important ones, the big ones that caused massive delays were the ones that conveniently, oh, totally sorry, didn't mean to have that. Yeah, we had a printer issue. Everybody has printer issues. 
It's like me coming on the radio every day and then forgetting to plug in a microphone. Oh, sorry. Totally didn't have the microphone with me. I forgot the microphone. That's your one job, man. You talk into a microphone. But the Democrats, they completely bypassed this. Totally not an issue. Everything ran smooth. Everything was awesome. No issues whatsoever. But the ones throughout the process that pro- proliferated misinformation to disfranchise voters and that they are the election deniers causing problems in the system. I don't know about you, but that raises some red flags to me. Now, the positive note on all this is that now that the canvassing is done, now the lawsuits can begin. They had to wait for the canvassing for the vote to be, quote unquote, official in the state to challenge the official numbers because you can't challenge something that is just technically called by the media, but not called by the secretary of state's office. So now the Republicans can actually come out and challenge, which I know that there will be multiple individuals that will be challenging the results of this election as Governor Doug Ducey, the current Republican governor, uh, has kind of played nice and just walked away from the whole thing and washing his hands from it. But there's multiple Republicans that will be challenging this election in the state of Arizona. And hopefully we can see as well some automatic recounts that we'll see where we could see some changes in what really happened here if the transparency is actually there. If we actually get down to what really happened in the state of Arizona. I'm optimistic, but I'm also cautious. But the Democrats, man, the blinders. I've never seen such thick horse blinders on Democrats in my entire life. Nothing to see here. I feel like Officer Bar Brady from South Park. Move along. Nothing to see here. Wait, what? We had two weeks delayed before we actually got numbers, and you're saying there's nothing to see here? I call malarkey. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You know, it is wild that we are a month out from the midterm elections of 2022. We're a month past them, and we're still talking about election issues. I know most people are burnt out on elections. I totally get it. Totally with you here. Unfortunately, Arizona has so many messes that it's hard to keep track of what's right and what's not. Now we're going to see litigation that's going to go on for months on end. In the meantime... How do you, I mean, what do you do? Do you do a transit? Let's say that the lawsuits, this is the problem with the system. If the lawsuits prevail and we see that there was a mishap in the elections and we see that there was intent to sabotage or we see that the numbers are actually the other direction, what do you do? I don't know that we've been in a position like that before. What do you do when we do prove that things are right? I mean, we want to prove it because we want the truth out there. So if theoretically, something comes back and shows that, yeah, Maricopa County, there was a major issue and actually uh, the Republican did do well, Carrie Lake, and she ended up beating Katie Hobbs and that ended up flipping the race. What do you do? Do you swap them out? But then she technically didn't do a full term, did she? By, if it's, you know, June, July, you're six months into the administration. What then? That was a big conversation with 2020 as well. What then? What do you do? It's almost like we need the elections earlier to settle all of the disputes with the legal system before you actually get sworn in and actually have the transition of power. Because if you do it and you do it wrongfully or illegally, 
then you're in a whole nother mess. And what do you do from there? So, or is it just a learning lesson to move forward? So that is one issue. And it's something that I think needs to be discussed, whether Democrats want to or not, and just ignore it. Be like, there's no voter fraud going on, no issues. Okay, let's say the tables were turned and you're saying that there was voter fraud on the other side majorly, which, oh, oh, by the way, I remember you did that during the Trump administration in 2016 when you said that he was colluding with Russia, so therefore he was an invalid president. Remember that? Oh, yeah, I forgot. Don't, what? How could I possibly forget such a thing? Then if, let's just say theoretically, if that had been true, what do you do? What do you do in that situation? Do you hold a new national election? Do you just remove them from office? Do you put somebody else in? Like, what do you do in that situation? I don't think the country is ready for that. We like our stability. We don't like things changing. Conservatives don't like things to change. Democrats, they like things to change only if it's their way, but they don't like a whole lot of change either, which is why, according to some political experts after the election, they say that the reason there was not a massively red wave was because we wanted stability in the nation, which I, (laughs) sorry, I have to disagree on that one. I have to disagree on that. I think that the reason it's not stability, we have the least amount of stability that we've seen in this nation for a very long time right now. And under the Biden administration, who's still trying to shake hands with the Easter Bunny every day and saying things that he has no clue what the hell he's talking about. I don't think that stability is in the phraseology, if that's a word, for the Biden administration and Democrats across the nation. The other issue, and we'll talk about it a little bit here later on, is right now, tomorrow is the major election in Georgia. Yes, we're still talking about elections, and yes, this is still a major runoff where every person in their kitchen sink is going out to Georgia to try and speak and rally and and rally the troops. The odd part that I find interesting is that looking at the media headlines throughout the day today between Democrat and progressive headlines and Republican conservative headlines from different news sources, Democrat progressive headlines are all about Republicans have lost their momentum. Herschel Walker's done. There's no momentum or excitement behind him. Democrats are gaining the majority. Democrats are gaining all of the excitement and energy in the state of Georgia. Herschel Walker's done. You know what I hear on the Republican side? Not a thing. There was one headline on Breitbart News that talked about the election in Georgia. Outside of that, I'll look again. Drudge Report doesn't, which I can't really say that they're uh, much of a conservative source anyways, but here's the headline from Drudge Report. The one article that they actually talk about the race in Georgia, Republican hopes fade in Georgia. That's from the quote-unquote conservative outlet there. Breitbart News had a small piece on the race as well. Outside of that, I don't see a whole lot of news talking about Georgia. Are they really concerned that the energy has gone? Or is it all done as much as we can, and now we just wait to see what happens with record turnout every day for early voting in that race with the general election special runoff being tomorrow? We'll talk some more about that here in a little bit. Martin Moyer, he'll be joining the program here right around the corner for a Monday on The Voice of Reason. Lots more to get to. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Welcome back into The Voice of Reason. Reason, common sense, rationale. That's what we're about here on this program. Always a pleasure to have you along for the ride. By the way, to let you know, if you are not signed up, we did send out our newsletter, our monthly newsletter this morning. We always send that out roughly at the beginning of the month, so that's close enough. It's a Monday. We try to do it at the beginning of the week. 
for the new month. But if you have not signed up, you can always go to the website, whosyourreason.com. That's H-O-O-S-E-R, reason.com. We have our newsletter that's out there. We have our blog that's there. You can sign up, become a Hoosier-holic. You say, do you want to become a Hoosier-holic when it pops up? And you're like, yeah, yes, I do. Of course. Thank you very much. Totally free. We do not spam you. All we do is send you a once-a-month email. It has our blog on it that has our, our I say a, it's not really a blog. It's a paragraph of me giving my opinion about something. I'm not a writer. I'm a terrible writer. But nonetheless, I also got to give the shout out to OpsLens and their family and their team that do our video stream on their app and their website and their social media as well as they always uh, put it on their website too as an op-ed. So it's officially an op-ed. I am a published writer. That's a very scary thought with how bad my grammar is. I tell you what. So <laughs> uh, it is on there. You can go to Opsons. You can read it. You can go to our website at whosyourreason.com and you can read it as well. And you can see our monthly blog on ways to wrap up the new year and at what state of um, rationale or common sense that we're in in the political realm going into the end of the year and how we should be optimistic, even without the quote unquote red wave that uh, happened in uh, November for the midterm elections. With that being said, let's shift gears a little bit here and let's talk about that as we recap. We still have the Georgia runoff election that's tomorrow and how we move forward with the Republican Party and beyond with our latest in what's trending. What's trending today? As I'm excited to have on the program, he's the president, CEO of the Christian Action Network, which you can find online at christianaction.org. Excited to have on the program, Mr. Martin Moyer with us here. Martin, how are you, my friend? Thanks for having me on, Andy. And by the way, I think I'm a good writer, but a terrible speaker, but thanks for having me on. <laughs> hey, well, I am excited to have you on the on the program. It's a great honor to have you on here. Uh, it's been a wild year as we wrap up 2022. Now we have the midterm elections that are almost done. We have the runoff election tomorrow. We had the Arizona canvassing that made news today with the shenanigans going on down there. But we were all anticipating, we were all expecting this massive red tsunami to happen across the nation we won the House of Representatives, not by the majority that we wanted to, but we at least won it. We didn't win the Senate. What the heck happened this year, do you think? <laughs> well, we all drank the red wave wine hangover, right? <laughs> and that's what we're suffering from. So, you know, I'm like everybody else. I woke up November 9, and I was hoping for bigger numbers than what I saw. Although I have to admit, I was kind of happy that... You know, the Republicans were leading in the House. I wasn't depressed about it, but a lot of my friends were. They were in despair. They were desperate. They were angry, upset, and felt this whole election was quite a letdown. And uh, it made me think, where did this idea of a red wave start to begin with? Hmm. So I did some research. I spent several days going through newspapers and clippings and whatever, and uh you know, it started back in December of last year when the New York Times ran a headline, first one I can find, that said, Will Trump ruin a red wave in 2022? Now, that was a year ago, right? So it's kind of like a double-edged uh, headline. First, it's saying a red wave is going to happen, and the only way it can get ruined is if Trump gets involved. So what happens after, you know, November 8th, the red wave didn't happen, and who's to blame? Donald Trump. Sounds like a setup to me. But nevertheless, there were some good reasons to project a red wave. Uh, you know, there was uh, inflation, there was crime, there was border problems, there was the Afghanistan withdrawal. People were upset about critical race theory and parental rights, COVID masking, bail reform. I mean, I can go down the list. You know, also importantly, you had three Democrats retiring from the United States House. So everything looked like there should be a red wave. 
that's where everything was indicating. Republicans were having big turnouts in the primaries. Yeah, everybody can get excited. But to be honest, if you look at the headlines, by about March of this year, the red wave theory was basically dead. When people actually looked at how many seats were vulnerable, how many couldn't the Republicans actually take over? There really weren't that many seats available because the Republicans were already starting with 213 seats, unlike the red waves that happened back in 1994 and 2010, where they had about 176, 179 seats to then gain 35, 45 seats. So by August of this year, just about every headline out there that I could find said, the red wave's not going to happen. It might be a pink trip trickle, but it's not going to be a red wave. By October, it was basically dead. No one believed it was going to happen. It only got resurrected in early November when you have people like Trump come out and talk about a red wave and Elon Musk come out and talk about it. Uh, Joe Rogan on his podcast predicted a red wave. Uh, that's when people started getting excited again and got their hopes up, only to be disappointed on Wednesday, November 9th. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of transgression that happened throughout there. And like you said, I mean, it does sound like a bit of a setup with Trump early on a year ago saying that, well, if if there's going to be a disruption of the red wave, it'll be Donald Trump's fault. And we've seen the headlines since then as well of Donald Trump withholding a lot of campaign funds with his war chest that he has going into the presidential election and how he's not giving it to other Republicans and how he's just sabotaging the Republican Party and how controversial he is. And with all these other litigations and investigations and everything else going on, uh, it, it really seems like the Democrats almost wanted to stair-step the midterm election of this year to the attack of Donald Trump and any associated elected official that may be a Trumper or a MAGA individual, that they're going to demonize them and use them as the scapegoats going into 2024. Well, you know, I've been in this business for 40 years, and throughout those four decades, I have watched the Democrats, the leftists out there, figure out ways to disappoint uh, Republicans, even if they get a victory. This was a victory. Look, make no mistake. Taking the U.S. Congress, the House of Representatives, it's a big victory. It's significant. Yeah. It's a chance to have a lot of investigations that need to go on that haven't been going on, a lot of bills that need to be passed that could not be passed. We should all be excited. We should all be jumping up and down in joy. But the left has managed to make us depressed and deflated and, you know, licking our wounds. And it's a strategy they've perfected over four decades. They use it all the time. And, you know, my suspicion is that, you know, perhaps this was just a plain old setup by the left to get us all excited about something they knew could never possibly happen to begin with. And, uh, you know, the Cook Political Report came out in March of this year and said, look, here are the races. There's like six that really are significant if a red wave is going to happen and the Republicans would have to take all six of these races, and it's unlikely they're going to do it. And uh, so, you know, get off your high horse. It's just not going to happen. But, you know, reason did not, you know, you call your show reason, but reason did not take place in this election. We all just wanted to drink that red wave wine. Yeah, that is very true. Do you think that there's ever going to be a red wave or a blue wave completely of a completely a complete wash of a dominance of one party or the other moving forward? The country's so divided now that you have the fringes, the sects of each party uh, that are really, no matter what, they'll defend the Democrat Party, they'll defend the Republican Party, they'll be there, the hoorah. 
there's very few independent, quote unquote, moderates in the middle now where you win over their vote because either they've had to pick sides one or the other or they're so frustrated with the political system that they don't want anything to do with it and they completely just tune out and turn off and walk away from it as well. Uh, with that dividedness in the country, will we ever truly see a tsunami of one side or the other in an upcoming election? Well, you know, it depends on what we all mean by red wave to start with. If at the beginning of this election season, someone said the Republicans are going to have six million more votes than the collection of any other party out there, that is a red wave then we achieved it because the Republicans did get six million more votes than the combination of any other party that was out there in 2022. Why is that not considered a web wave? The Republicans won 52.3% of the total vote this election. You know, so the Democrats and everybody else got 48, but that's not a red wave. How are we defining what a red wave is anyway? If people go to my Substack article I have a picture up there what the United States looks like after the 2022 election, where the uh, Republicans' uh, states and districts are colored in red and the Democrats are colored in blue. Tell me, after looking at that picture, you don't believe a red wave was there. Because I look at it, it makes me excited, and that's what we all have to do. Mm-hmm. We've got to get excited and say, oh, well, we fell short, Right. How short did we fall? Well, in 2020, 20 million more Republicans came out to vote for Donald Trump in 2020 than came out this year. If those 20 million people showed up this year, then maybe we would have the red wave everybody wants to define it as. That is, you know, an additional, you know, 20 to 30 more seats. But they didn't show up. And why didn't they show up? Well, stop pointing the finger at Trump and McConnell and all those people. Start pointing the finger at yourself. Who did you talk to this election? Did you talk to your family members? Did you talk to your neighbors? Did you talk to your coworkers? Did you talk to your church members? Did you make sure that you were a part of the red wave? Ask yourself that question. And if you look and say the red wave didn't happen, point the finger back at yourself and say, what did I do to make that happen? It's a great point. Yeah. How many phone calls did you make? Did you go and knock on doors and help out elected officials? Because when you're out knocking for a state representative in your local district, you can also talk to them about those national campaigns, because that's what a lot of people want to talk about as well. When they hear a knock at the door and they get that flyer and they want to talk about what's going on in their state and in their nation. It's a great point. We're talking with Martin Moyer. He is with Christian Action Network, ChristianAction.org. Martin, we got to take a hard break here. Can you stick over one more segment with us? I will do. Hey, fantastic. When we come back, I want to talk, uh, continue this about where the future of the Republican Party is and the future of the country and this attack on religious institutions now as we talk about the LGBTQ, as we talk about abortion in the country, the battle for the wits of the country. Where do we move forward here as well in America? A lot of conversation to talk about here for the last few minutes. It's The Voice Reason. It's a Monday with Martin Moyer right here. Don't go anywhere. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. What we do, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. Welcome back in. Multiple radio stations all over the place, plus the live streaming, podcasting, 
TV, however you watch or listen to the show. Welcome aboard. Always good to have you along today, especially for a Monday, kicking off the week. We are carpe diem ising all over the place. Is that is that a word? <laughs> At least we could say that. Carpe diem, baby. Seize the day. That's what it's all about. That's what we do on the show. We're talking with the founder of the Christian Action Network, Mr. Martin Moyer, which you can find at ChristianAction.org. Martin, let's get into a little bit about the topics in politics right now and the topics of the election. Obviously, Republicans uh, did a decent job, I think, in focusing on economic issues, just laying out the platform of, hey, look at inflation at 9%. Look at the spending from the Biden administration. Look at the supply chain issues that are two years in the making now that didn't happen during the Trump administration in the heart of COVID-19 and the pandemic, but now thereafter, look at what's going on and just letting Democrats fumble and kind of shoot themselves in the foot. Progressives, on the other hand, they took the different approach of focusing on social issues with the reversal of Roe v. Wade and the abortion issue, the focus on LGBTQ issues. Uh, Was that successful, do you think, in your opinion? And if it is, then where are we when it comes to family values and the family unit that have been under attack for so many years? Well, you know, I think Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, a couple of days ago, he came out, he made a statement about the red wave. I think he's right that it happened in Florida because Governor DeSantis stood correctly on the issues and his words and actions agreed with each other. And people believed in DeSantis. He believed what he said he was going to do. And people got excited about that. And they showed up at the polls and they voted and they basically turned Florida red. His advice to everybody else that just won the election is if you want to get people at the polls and now you're in Congress, now you control the House, you better stand for the issues you told people you were going to stand for. And if you do, you're going to see excitement at your base. You're going to see people gladly talking about it with their family and their friends. And that energy is going to transform into votes in 2022. I think he's right about that. Uh, it's when we whip out and people get disappointed because Republicans say one thing, they get up there, they still mouth the same thing, but they actually do nothing. This is going to be a real challenge, I think, this coming two years for the Republicans in the House to match their actions with their words. And let's see what they actually do. And if they don't do it, I think it's going to be disastrous for the Republican Party. I think people are just fed up with it. It's depressing. You don't get excited. You want to go hide. You don't want to call yourself a Republican. You want to look for another party that doesn't exist. And you just become, as a lot of friends told me after November 8th, depressed. They become despaired. We can't not let that happen. And I hope these Republicans understand that. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm into that. I mean, the concern now is the leadership in the Republican Party. We already see a headline from Breitbart about Mitch McConnell already caving on including some things into the uh, defense bill that we shouldn't uh, include there. Kevin McCarthy, I'm concerned about becoming Speaker of the House because he is a bit of a squishy Republican from California. Uh, last question for you is we got about a minute left here, but is that a cause for concern with how we've already chosen our leadership in both chambers of uh, with Republicans? And they seem to be the same old, same old establishment, wishy-washy, moderate Republicans. You know, I got a question back to you, and that is, when's the last time you ever heard of the Democrats caving to anything? <laughs> They never cave. No. Republicans always cave. If the words cave, you could have a Republican name attached to it. That's got to end. And uh, look, you know, we can hold their feet to the fire, and we have to. The LGBT 
and all the leftist groups out there hold their friends feet to the fire, and that's why they get things done. The reason why we don't is because we refuse to get off of our butts and make sure that the fire is lit under the feet of the people we elect for office, and we need to start doing that. I couldn't agree more, my friend. It is Martin Moyer, ChristianAction.com or .org is the website. You're absolutely right. Democrats, they don't take no for an answer. And even if it's unpopular, they will ramp through their agenda. They'll lose an election and know that when they come back into power, their foundation has moved another step closer to their end goal. And we need to do the same thing. Martin, it's great to talk to you, my friend. I appreciate it very much. Let's get you back on the show again real soon. Hi, Candy. Talk to you later. Hey, absolutely appreciate that very much. Good stuff. A lot of things to ponder, to chew on for a little bit. We'll do it again tomorrow to break it all down, along with some great guests. Dick Morris on the program tomorrow to kick off the show right at 5 o'clock Eastern Time Live if you pick up the show live or podcasting, however you listen to the program. Until then, though, be your own voice of reason. Be your catalyst for change in your community. Hold the feet to the fire for every elected official, from your city council to your state representative to the congressional leaders in D.C., Let's make the change. Let's make 2023 a great year. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.